When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here for back for part two of the wide receiver discussion of the prospects coming up in this year's uh, NFL draft. Exciting position, one the Ravens may or may not still have as much interest as they did before the Odell Beckham acquisition. But uh, here to talk about it with me is Jake Vogel. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Ken. How about you? Uh, real good. Just came back from Grayson Rodriguez's first Baltimore start. And honestly, he looked a lot better than the final line would indicate. He got uh, he got bashed around. Uh, uh, the runners on base all scored when uh, Voth came in the game and gave him up. The Ravens, sorry, the Orioles, still came back and won 12-8 on a nine RBI game from Ryan Mountcastle. So exciting night at the ballpark and, and uh, appreciate you being a little bit flexible on time to go a little bit later because I was able to pick that up. Uh, let's talk about your number five guy. So we'll start there and, uh, and move on to number one. I think we, we discussed in our time off, we might have the same five guys. Really? Yes, I believe we do. Um, so my number five guy, I really, really like, um, it, it makes sense, but Josh Downs wide receiver, number 11, um, out of North Carolina is, a very, very nice player reminds me a lot of another player we'll get to. Um, he is a phenomenal route runner. He is small, something that people don't talk about quite enough with him. I guess when you're doing comparisons to some of the really small guys in the class, he's not much bigger than them. Um, if you want to get the measurements or I could pull them up. I've got five, nine, one seventy one, four forty eight, forty. 
He's uh, 22 in August. Yeah. So not the biggest guy. He he definitely knows how to how to run routes um, extremely well. He has nice speed, nice acceleration, um, a good a good job at creating um, when there's nothing there. Um, he did that from these swing routes. They put him in the backfield a decent amount, which is an interesting usage of wide receivers. You see that in the NFL occasionally, maybe with like a Debo Samuel um, with the 49ers. Uh, there, there can be a, a number of other teams that would do that. Perhaps Andy Reid when he had um, Tyreek Hill with the mm-hmm. Chiefs. Um, so they, they moved him around the formation a good bit. Uh, most of the time he is in the slot. I think that's what he is at the next level. You could use him um, as a Z receiver as well. He is just small, but a very good route runner. Something else that is a big part of his game are his hands. He has incredible hands. Um, He attacks the ball with extended arms, you know, away from his frame, Um, very plucky hands. And, um, I, I, I believe I'm not looking at the list, but I believe he's one of the best contest, uh, contested yes. catch win win rate guys, which is amazing for his size. I I hope that he's not in those situations too often at the next level because I do believe he separates well. Um, so I'm not sure the reasoning uh, for that exactly. Um, but you do see he's able to come down with balls uh, that most people his size could not. Um, He can kind of moss guys, which is, you know, impressive to say the least. Um, I watched his game against Pittsburgh in 2021 and Notre Dame in 2022. I'm sure you're familiar with that game Mm -hmm. um, as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what else I wanted to add real quick. Um, yeah, you, you go ahead and, and maybe I'll, I'll add yeah, something else. That's okay. Yeah, you re- respond. That's, that'd be terrific. Uh, so I had him at number six, and I do like him a lot. I think the only reason I put my number five guy was Jalen Hyatt ahead of him is some of the additional um, size that I think works better with what the Ravens have, some of the additional verticality. I don't think th- there's not a problem with Josh Downs running some vertical routes. He has enough speed to do that at 448. Um, but what's really special about him is route running and hands. And the hands, you mentioned them. Uh, the contested catch rate is one of the very best. Uh, he's got an 81% overall catch rate on 116 targets. That does not, I mean, that's up in the um, Saints receiver. Uh, and I'm, I'm Michael Thomas? Him. Michael Thomas level. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just absurd in terms of his uh, ability to catch the, catch the ball. Um, it won't be that high in the NFL. It can't be. But a 70.1% catch rate in 2021 uh, is probably more realistic and, and what you'd expect at the next level, and hopefully with a lot of vertical explosiveness. What I really loved about him, and the reason I still kept him high, even though I think he's really a pure slot guy, which does not fit the Ravens. They really need a guy who can be at the Z or be at the X or take the top off the defense in some way where he doesn't have to go in motion all the time with the Ravens' other motion needs and uses. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm assuming some of this Roman stuff is going to stay around. Maybe motion and how the Ravens use it completely changes. But unbelievable wiggle at the top of the route might be the best in the class. Um, he runs the fairly full route tree, a smaller guy. The, the DBs are in, in two ways. They're afraid of him, and they still sometimes bite on the wrong stuff. So usually if they're afraid of him, they, they want to play off, play off, play off by more 
as he's coming at them. And then he has a nice, easy completion, either on a slant or a hitch, or, uh, you know, has lots of opportunities to do that. But even when he's selling something, even when he's, he's, uh, you know, slant and go or, uh, any, any time of, uh, uh, out and up, whatever you want to call it, he, he shows an incredible ability to get that defensive back to bite on his first movement. And this is what I've said this about other players at other positions too. It's true at cornerback. It's true at a pass rusher. When you're, when you're the extraordinary athlete of the two in a one-on-one competition and pass rush, let's take Adafi away as a great example. Uh, you really want to put a first move on that opponent, the naked tackle in Owe's case, to make him overreact to that move so you can mm-hmm. come up with a secondary move. And then there's also some timing involved in making sure he takes that step off of your right. You can't sell it to him and 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 before he buys it, you make your move. Right. Then it's you, right. you got to time it. But but there's still he's very good at all components of that. And so it's one of the things I really liked about Downs. Uh, he had a 9.1 yards per target. Um uh that his production that was on 260 targets from 21 to 22 with 19 TD. So very productive receiver from that standpoint, what's really held down his yards per target, which is interesting is that North Carolina has a a very extensive wide receiver screen game. I forget exactly how many he had, I think 22 screen receptions or something was in that neighborhood. Um, And, and that uh, he only had 4.7 yards per reception on those catches. So you can see that, you know, if you don't have the right blocking scheme or, or you, you know, you're going to that well too often, you're probably going to hurt a guy's overall receiving numbers. He's 9.6 um, yards uh, per target on all other throws. I have yard, yards per target, but I'm not sure if that might be yards per reception. No, it's got to be yards per target. So um, uh, anyway, the, the wiggle is something I really love. And I think you, you want to put him in a position to wiggle. You want then want to put him on the outside. And it's not like he can't, make people start and start or, or, or whip from the slot. I think he could do that effectively. There might be another team who's going to value him higher there and say, you know, that mid range speed, we can get more value with his change of direction in the slot and, and, and make him valuable there. And, you know, we've talked about other teams that might be willing to do that, including, you know, the traditional new England slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he could work for the Ravens. And, and I think, unfortunately he probably goes between 22 and 86. So yes. if the Ravens don't trade, but down from 22, they, they don't get mm-hmm. him. Yeah, that's spot on exactly where I see his value. I, I think a trade back scenario for Baltimore, um, he could end up being the best player available if they trade into the 30s. Um, m- maybe there's still somebody that they like at a different position that fills a bigger need. Um, but I think he would have really nice value in that 30 to 40 range. I think he's going to be somewhere in there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he runs whip whip routes really well. Um, yeah, he's he's just a really nice route running receiver that has plenty of juice. Um, and we're gonna get to another guy that has that has similar juice, maybe a little bit more. But I I kind of saw some of the same qualities in Josh Downs. Um, so. Right. Your number five guy. So that was your number six, right? Yeah, he was my number six guy. My oh, number five guy was actually Jalen Hylett, who, who we talked about in the first show. He didn't, he didn't have listened to that show. Listen to it. It's unbelievably good comments by Jake on a lot of these receivers. Uh, hopefully I add something as well. And and uh, we had a little differences in terms of a lot of guys who were not on the top 10 list. So uh, some, some honorable mention guys who were on the top 10 for one of us, we didn't have anybody who was completely off the list for either of us. Right. So every, all my guys were honorable mentions for you and et cetera. 
so anyway, uh, your number four guy is next. Yeah. So my number four is the Mr. Potential of this draft. This is the guy that if if all of the stars align, he could be the best receiver in this class. Um, however, where he is right now, um, I have him at four. That is the big guy in the first round conversations, Quentin Johnston from TCU. Um, he is my number four. I, I think he does a lot of things well. I really like his yak ability for being a big man. Um, he is essentially six foot three. Uh, did you have the weight on him? Yeah, six three two oh eight at the combine, nine six oh one his birthday, so he'll be twenty two right around opening day, four forty nine at his pro day on the forty. Yeah. Um, so he has nice size, um pretty good measurables. He was a, a pretty high RAS guy, nine point two at least. Um I think he can he can block well at you know, something that the Ravens do like, he has, the, he has the ability in the frame to block well on the outside. He can be your true X wide receiver. He has, um, you know, kind of iffy hands, his hands can be spectacular and they can be disappointing all in the same game. Um, he had, you know, he has that ability to score a touchdown, um, in the red zone at any point. Uh, he is a, a big play receiver. He has he has the drops, like I mentioned, how his hands can be iffy. Um, let's see what else we got. You know, I I watched his game against Kansas State. Um, I was especially curious with that one because of a prospect, um, quarterback Julius Brents. I wanted to see how he did against, you know, some legitimate size. Um, yeah, size and, and corner prospect. Um he he was pretty good against Brents. Um, yeah, he made a catch for a first down on third and six against Brents. You know, had a nice deep route against Brents for a touchdown. Um, basically, was going against him most of the game. didn't Didn't have a ton of plays, but he had some some notable ones um, in that game. He also played well against Michigan. I think he had a, he had a really nice game in the college football playoffs this year against Michigan. He was basically um, not even a part of the game against Georgia in the, in the national championship game, but um, the TCU Michigan game was nice for him. Did he sit out that game? <laughs> no, he was he just, was he, that a part of it? <laughs> he was in the game. He just was not involved. Um, I think they kind of took him away. Which okay, you're move. smirking, and I, I, some, I don't think we have a lot of TCU fans in the audience, but, uh, but one thing we get, we've got a very much a laser-focused Georgia uh, <laughs> glasses that uh, Jake's looking through. Yes, uh, I, I do think he is, he is a first-round talent that has so much potential, but he needs to hone that, and I think the Ravens have the receiving coaches to fix some of his um, – some of his areas of weakness. So they brought in the guy from Kansas city. Uh, his name escapes me right now. They still have T Martin with the quarterbacks coach. I believe Keith Williams is still on the, on the coaching staff. Um, and then you have OBJ in the building, you know, say what you want about the player, about the contract. I think a, a veteran like that would help a player like Quentin Johnston, 
develop and kind of embrace um, the qualities that you want in a big body um, wide receiver. You you want him to turn into a DeAndre Hopkins. I, I think that's that's kind of like the upper echelon of what he could become, and it's not what what we've seen at at the collegiate level. This is interesting. Now I had to look it up too. It's Greg Lewis is the wide receivers coach, and Keith Williams is still with the staff. He's now assistant wide receivers coach. Did not know that. All right. Uh, more on more on Johnston before we I give you my notes. Uh, you go ahead. I, I might I might chime in again. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, it really had f- terrific testing, including his vertical and broad jump, which really just uh, jumped out of the building pretty much at 40.5 on the vertical, 11.2 on the broad. Uh, both of those extraordinary, even for a wide receiver and, and even for a big wide receiver with kind of a basketball background, potentially. And I, I don't know if Quentin Johnson's Johnson has played any basketball, but if he, if he, if he does have basketball, that would still be good is my point. Um, uh, in this, uh, his case, he has a very good yards per target number in 22 of 11.0. It's 10.8 for the last three seasons combined on a non-trivial number of targets, 199 targets with 14 touchdowns during that time. Touchdown rate is good. It's not incredible for 199 mm-hmm. targets, but it's certainly very good. But the interesting thing is he really does it with long catches at a lower catch rate. So his career is 57.8% um, in, in terms of his career catch rate, uh, which is is not great. Uh, you'd want to see him do better at the NFL level. Uh, one of the problems, as you mentioned, is, is the contested catch um, point. He should be more physical, more uh, able to haul in contested catches, though you don't want him to have as many. Uh, opportunities they will occur and he needs a reduction in drops that's for sure mm-hmm. so uh both things we want he has good ability after the catch 19 yep. missed tackles force and only 60 catches in 2022 so that's a remarkable uh uh it's a high rate i won't call it a remarkable rate but it's a high rate when you get to to greater numbers than that it's usually the running back body types, you know, AJ mm-hmm. Brown from a few years ago, who, who might have more than that. Uh, if you put uh, JK Dobbins out there, he might generate or, or other running backs, they might sure. generate more missed tackles off a screen or, or something like that at higher rate. Um, he's often not uh, knocked for his lack of physical play. Now I did, I got to say, this is one of the things I didn't really observe that on tape. And I'm sure, you know, you may be looking at that national championship game, and George's ability to bottle him up might have been a case where he really lacked that physical play, you know, the, the, the ability to get off and whatnot. I think I see some of those things, but more importantly, I think given his size and whatnot, I think this is a c- tremendous opportunity for growth. You know, if, you, if you're wondering, you've got a wide receiver who looks all kinds of polished in a lot of other ways, runs a great vertical tree that you like, and you want to try and make him into something more than that. Well, he's got to have some weakness then. For you, for you to exploit that in terms of, right. of value at the next round. And I think it's the only reason that Quentin Johnson might still be around at 22 is that the, um, you know, there are some of these questions like around it. So, you know, it's a, it was a different set of questions, for example, for David Ajabo last year, but it's that, you know, the opportunity to get him at 45 only existed because of the injury. Otherwise you, you don't get that opportunity. So um, I don't honestly think the Ravens are going to sniff him. At 22, I think that that there's enough love for him and for wide receivers in general that he goes before 22. But uh, uh, it would it'd be a very difficult question for them if he lasted at 22. Mm-hmm. And could they possibly say no, even with the cornerback need and some other good corners on the board? Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, I agree with that. I mean, like I mentioned before, he has he has the most potential, I think, in this class uh, for wide receivers. So he would he would certainly be hard to hard to pass. Um, Bateman is already in year three. Mm-hmm. OBJ is only on a one year deal. I don't think you're too confident in Tylen Wallace or James Prochet <laughs> or mm-hmm. uh, or even Devin Duvernay is um, year four. Year four, yeah, and, and he has to return from an injury. I mean, there's a whole yep. bunch of questions. So, I mean, him. adding a wide receiver is going to be critical in this draft, whether it happens in the first round or the third round or wherever. Um, they are going to need bodies um, at the very least, and and hopefully some talented ones at that. Hopefully they scouted this class very deeply. So m- most of the guys that I looked at, in fact, I'm trying to think of how many guys are even outside the power five. So one, two, three really only four guys that I looked at are outside. No, that's not true. I got a couple more down here. Maybe six guys I looked at that are outside the power five. And, and, you know, the the Ravens are really known for finding those small school guys. And I'm not talking about outside the power five. I'm talking about FCS guys or Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, guys who are, who are, uh, wait, do I have that right? FBS, FCS. I always get that confused. Yeah, <laughs> say it F- wrong all the time. FBS is the bigger one. FCS is the smaller conferences. So yeah. if you want the North Dakota State and the South Dakota right. guys, they're they're in the uh, in that conference. So any, uh, in that uh, in that group of schools anyway. But anyway, the 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 uh, uh, Quentin Johnson, my number one guy, and okay. uh, and you had him at number four. So we'll move on and talk about my number four guy, right? Yeah. So that's uh, Jackson Smith uh, in Jigba of Ohio State. And let me go down to my notes on him and make sure I don't cross up like I usually do. All right, my JSN notes. Okay, so 6'1", 196, born 214.02, which makes him one of the really young receivers in this draft. There are a couple that are maybe as much as three or four months younger, but uh, he's definitely one of the youngest. Uh Definitely has that big physical profile, 448-40. But here's the kicker. 657 three-cone for a guy that size is just unheard of. If you have a 657 three-cone, it's usually a 5'9 slot corner. Uh, you know, we, we talked, in I think, in the first show about the 667 or 669, whichever it was by Hutchinson last year, is the edge rusher. But it, it just doesn't really happen for a, a wide receiver that size. Very unusual. Um, shuttle was 393. Both of those were the best in the wideout group. So for a lot of reasons, from a physical perspective, he's really the guy you want if you're if you're uh, uh, trying to get the receiver coached up on your team as opposed to uh, dealing with what he has already. Uh, there is a concern about him, and this is one voiced by Todd McShay, is that he was really protecting himself through his hamstring injury as a junior season in his junior season at Ohio State. And that McShay was saying he talked to NFL executives and they all knew exactly what you'd had for breakfast. And I'm I'm slightly paraphrasing here, but they knew he was kind of protecting his draft status by not playing uh, during the season. Uh, He he was criticized by McShay. McShay took a lot of heat back for it, as you would expect, whenever you criticize without giving away your sources in terms of a player not being on the field uh, when he, quote unquote, should have been. Uh, he really did benefit from a lot of the overflow at Ohio State 
of sure. talent in 21. And that what that means is he wasn't getting a lot of decreased value marginal ta- uh, targets. His targets, he was getting nice one-on-one clean opportunities to, to uh, get free. He wasn't always facing the best cornerbacks, and that obviously changed a lot um, in his last year here in 22. But Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave will solve a lot of your problems if you're the third receiver in that group. So uh, he in, in – um, let's see – was 14.24 yards per target, 4.01 yards per route run, and an 84.8 catch rate wow. in the in 21 mm-hmm. when he had those guys with him. And then obviously that dropped off significantly. Last year. I, for whatever reason, I didn't didn't note my his yards per target in this in his uh in his last year at Ohio State, but it wasn't nearly as good because he, he obviously didn't have the protection. Um I, Primarily a slot receiver, despite his size. Um, and he was still there in 2022 in the kind of the minimal playing time that he had. Um, but anyway, it, it was a it was a case of, uh, I don't think he should be playing in the slot with all he can do for you. Um, he has a lot of things he does well. And, and he's going to be a guy who, once you teach him the tricks of wiggle at the top of the route, he's going to be that much more dangerous. Right now, he's getting by kind of on what he is physically and his ability to make changes, but it's like kind of like a poker player who only plays his own cards as opposed to trying to read the opponent in terms of what they might have and what they think you know you have kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, JSN is a guy who I think has really you know gotten by on on uh, on some of his own physical talent. Uh, so far, but he is a polished route runner in terms of his ability to get free at the top. Um, and, and that's positive. Uh, actually it is JSN who had the toe tap in the back of the end zone. Cause I got it noted here. It was in the Wisconsin game and was one of the great body control plays of 21. So okay. back, back of the end zone, it was right foot in. If you, if you, if you want to find the highlight, uh, everybody else had already called it for, for incomplete. Um, Yak he has is is quite good and it's indicative of good field vision and some elusiveness. Um, he looks again as a guy who looks kind of slow relative to defenders. 448, that doesn't have to be. He should be looking about the same speed as other defenders. But honestly, after the catch, like reaccelerating a lot of the times, he looked a little bit slow to me. So I don't think that's necessarily one of his one of his great traits. But maybe somebody who teaches football, teaches catching the ball in stride and, and securing it is going to be able to, to uh, be able to coach him up in that area as well. Uh, he'd play right away. Uh, they might really have a shot at him at 22. I think he'll, he, he, there's a pretty good chance he's still there. It would take a run on the wide receivers, I think, to, to make him go. Um, but they really have to be convinced that he's going to play on the outside and that he's going to play that Z and, and be who they need him to be there or maybe play the X. Um, and and be a good backup for for both Bateman and um, OBJ as the as the as the Z receiver. But if he if he has to move to the slot again, I think he has decreased value with the Ravens in terms of of how they would use it. So he's actually my number one guy. Um, I I think a lot of the people in kind of the the mock draft space. Um, consider him to be wide receiver one or at least a top two receiver in this class. Um, I saw a lot of the same things as you. I think he is a polished route runner. If not the best one in this class, top top two, top three, for sure. Um, played primarily out of the slot, like you mentioned. He did 
I mean, I, I have very few notes on on plays that he he actually had a target and a reception as a, an outside receiver, but he did have one against Penn State in 2021 as a left wide receiver. Um, he had really nice yak on a curl route, catch and run, gets tackled from behind after a huge gain. Um, a theme of his uh, when I was watching tape, I saw a player that was similar to J.K. Dobbins in that his long speed is not enough to completely break away from players. Um, he can have really big plays, and he did on tape, um, but he would get caught from behind if it was a long enough play. Probably, I don't know, probably eight eight or nine times out of ten, um, he, he would get caught from behind if it was an extended play with a, a fast player close by. Um, so, yeah, I think I think he has everything that you need to be um, a slot for sure, and maybe maybe he can develop into an outside receiver. We just didn't see it a ton at Ohio State. And you mentioned the embarrassment of riches that Ohio State have, has had at wide receiver, and I think that's true in 2021, but also they still had a ton of guys in 2022. Marvin Harrison Jr., in my opinion, is going to be a top five, top six pick next year, um, which is amazing. They're just churning out um, productive, talented players. And the other guy, his name is hard to pronounce. Um, the other guy from Ohio State is also a, a very nice receiver. He had a good game against Georgia. Um, that, that's not the end all be all. Um, but he did. He was highly involved against Georgia in the uh, the precursor to the national championship even though it was probably more like the, the natty. Um, and that was a, that was a tough game for sure. But um, yeah, they, Brian Hartline, you know, former dolphins receiver is their wide receiver coach at Ohio state. And he does a phenomenal job coaching up these guys. And I'm sure recruiting talented people in general. Um, yeah. I mentioned the speed thing. Uh, he, he does have a number of good end arounds on his tape. He separates well in, you know, in the first game, I thought where, you know, what is it with this guy? Why is he so highly rated? Um, because he was running these crossing crossing routes and there were defenders kind of in his hip pocket. He would catch the ball, but not really get much distance from them and get tackled. And I was like, does he have that speed? Like, does he create after the catch? And then I moved to the next game and you see it just like big play after big play. Um, so it's, it's definitely in his tape that he, he can create monster plays. Um, he can break tackles and shake, shake defenders. So if, if you're watching one game of his and, and you're not seeing that ability, you know, just, just stick with it and, you know, see, see if it shows up in another one, because I, I noticed it big time in the Purdue game, um, Purdue at Ohio state in 2021, he was having a good one. Um, so let me ask you a question, Jake. You've, sure. you've, you've got a player. He's obviously a difficult evaluation, not necessarily for the skill set, but but in terms of where he might go because he hardly got it on the field at all. He had like five receptions or whatever in 22 and right. only played three games. Um, how, do you, how do you factor for that when you're trying to place him against your other receivers on your own personal big board? Um, well, since I'm not – part of an NFL team and I don't get all of the, the true medical information. 
I just go based on on what I hear. Um, so my understanding was that 2022, he was really injured. He did try to play through some injuries, and his play was impacted by that. This is these are things that I've heard on on mm-hmm. podcasts. You know, big media people doing podcasts and and everything in between. Um, so I kind of revert back to his healthy tape and, um, you know, try to listen to see if he's doing better now. And if his health can return to a hundred percent, then what you're getting in a player is going to be closer to 2021 than 2022, where you can't really evaluate the player. So that's kind of what I did. I, I looked at his 2021 tape kind of throughout 2022, even though you shouldn't throw it out as a, as an evaluator with the team for, for the sake of, of this um, exercise I did um, just more so looking at what he did while he was healthy. Yes. He had talented players around him, but you know, watching his tape, seeing what he did against the competition, that is translatable. I, I feel like the, the skills that he possesses are going to translate to the next level. So I, I just viewed him as a clean prospect where some of these other guys in the top are clean, but not quite as clean. Like, I, I think he just translates pretty immediately to the NFL. I, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I, to me, everybody in this entire class has some warts. I, to me, Quentin Johnson was the closest to not having warts. It sounds like to you, you have said the same thing about, about Jackson and Jigba. Uh I just I I just saw it a little bit differently, and I was I, I context very important to me, so I probably put a higher weighting on the on the twenty one having the quarterback, having the three wide receivers. That's that was just a juggernaut of a of an offensive team that Ohio State had, and he was put in a very positive position uh, where he was there. For sure. Um. So moving on to sure. number. Number three. Yep. All right. So my number three. Yeah, I know. I know two guys it can be. (laughs) My number three is Zay Flowers out of Boston College. All right, outstanding. Also, my number three for what it's worth. But let's let's hear what you have to say. It's not not too often that we've had the same exact ranking (laughs) for these guys. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So phenomenal route runner as well. Um, maybe not the most polished um, when you're talking about all of these guys, but a really good route runner, kind of unique in what he does. Um, definitely knows how to use his physical gifts, um, his speed, his acceleration, um, his wiggle. He, he does all of that really well. I think he can be a difference maker after the catch at the next level. A lot of people, you know, when they're talking about comparisons, comps for these wide receivers have brought up, you know, at the high end for Zay Flowers, a name that is brought up and it. It's a really high end comparison would be Antonio Brown. Um, the, the football player, not the person. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, um, yeah. Def- I mean, if, if you're being compared to that guy or, or you think that Zay Flowers can become something similar as a football player, I mean, you probably take this guy first out of all of these wide receivers because there was a multi-year stretch where he was the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, great separator, big, big catch, big player. I mean, not a big player, but um, 
a big playmaker for sure. Uh, catch and run. He runs those whip routes really well uh, or a zig. Um, let's see. Boston College did not have good quarterback play. I was not impressed at all with uh, Moorhead. Don't don't like that at all. And, and that always makes it an interesting eval um, <laughs> when, when you're watching a guy and just wanting to see targets and, and him get the ball in, in the quarterback is just so awful. Um, so yeah, I was not impressed, uh, by that at all. He does have, he does have some drops on tape. And I think that that shows up when you look up the numbers for these receivers, um, the guys that, that did have to deal with some of the drop issues, um, that is on his tape. So he's not, he's not quite as high for me because he does have, you know, the occasional issues with his hands, but that's correctable. And every receiver is going to drop the ball at, a, you know, at certain times. Uh, let's see. Um, I, you know, he, he really has built up his frame. He added muscle, um, for the combine, you know, at the- what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Find easy ways to store your outdoor tools and accessories at Menards. Suncast provides high quality and easy to assemble storage. Suncast storage sheds are the perfect solution for organizing and protecting your outdoor tools and equipment. Plus, their all-weather construction is low maintenance. Explore all our outdoor storage options in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply weigh-ins but I, th- I think he's still going to deal with some issues at the next level in terms of um, bigger physical corners um, getting hands on him I th- he has the frame that's kind of running back-esque which is good you love to see that in a wide receiver that that usually means that they're going to be better players after the catch can break break some more tackles and maybe shake some defenders you do see that but um there, there are occasions on tape where uh, he can get, you know, knocked a little bit um, from a corner due to like a press coverage or maybe it's even something downfield that maybe would be considered illegal but wasn't called. So you, you just want to see a little bit more physicality at times from him. Notre Dame, by the way, I, I watched the Notre Dame game and there were some guys that stood out. I'm sure you know them quite well. Number 20, Benjamin Morrison, the freshman, had three interceptions against Boston College in 2022. A phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal game. He had two interceptions in the first quarter. This is uh, – I don't mean to get off the rails, but um, somebody to look forward to down the road. Um, and I also liked Boston College's running back. Um, he's a freshman as well. But, yeah, Uh there was a tale of two two tapes. I watched Boston College uh, Clemson 2021. He was very minimally involved. Uh, I had two plays where he was targeted. One of them, interception. Second one, it was, you know, uh, in, in between. He, he fought really hard to come back to the ball on an extended play. Um, the quarterback was pressured, but he couldn't haul in the pass. Um, and then he was overthrown twice. It was just bad quarterback play in 2021. Um, and then Clemson in 2022 was a, you know, a different story. Um, he had great extended plays uncovering to catch the ball inbounds. Um, and, you know, create yards after the catch. He did a great job uh, getting open on a deep slant. Um, he, you know, he had a drop on a drag route. You don't like to see those those short targets where you're just dropping the ball, probably a little bit off target, but you need to haul those in. Um, and he is good with uh, the screen receptions as well. But I had, I had watched three games on him and, he was really good in two of them and then kind of not involved in the other. Tons to unpack on this guy. Um, the screen receptions, he had 27 screen catches for 115 yards. So that was one of the things that's really held down his overall production, which was kind of a problem for him. His catch rate of 62.9% is not good. And I think you can blame some of that as you really have in your discussions here on the quarterback. The 8.7 yards per target also is not what you want out of a prospect at this point on anybody's board. 
uh, as being a guy who, who uh, you know, you want a guy who's closer to 10 yards a target, a deep threat. You, you, you probably, uh, you know, want to see a fair number of deep catches there. He had barbelled throws. So what I mean by that is he had a lot of longs and a lot of shorts and his long catches were near the top of the group, but so were his number of screen catches. He had, he had 12 deep catches, which was tied for 16th among all the receivers. Um, but he also had 27 screen catches, which was tied for 19th among all the receivers. And that's a, that's a receiver group. That's hundreds. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's not a small group at all. Uh, so it's really a barbelled number of catches that were at both ends. Um, I have a little bit different view of his route running. I think it's, it's very much a work in progress. I think his wiggle is not exceptional right now, but I think that's an enormous opportunity for improvement. So you already have mm-hmm. a productive receiver here um, who I think is, you know, produced in under some difficult circumstances, as you would probably say at Boston college, unlike, you know, looking at JSN and some of the, you know, the tape he's got that's any good is in 21 and it's under the most, positive possible circumstances of all. So I, I, that's what I liked about flowers. I think the um, lack of route running shows up and that he was much more effective versus zone than man. Uh, You'd want to change that. You'd want to have him be a guy who sells a fake very well at the top of the route. And I think he could be that guy, Um, you know, losing people on a whip route. You're mostly doing that with your own ability. You're not watching the feet of the opponent necessarily. Okay, Flowers could be a guy, I think, who could sell the move, time his his move off that sales job uh, to be a very effective uh, change of direction player who will create immediate significant separation uh, more than he does so far. Uh, he, He really isn't a box out guy, obviously, at his size, but he is pretty decent at the catch point has been his career. Uh, Definitely a guy who gives you all kinds of gadget potential. Uh, he could be your orbit motion guy. He can be your guy coming through the backfield um, in motion who takes the uh, uh, forward passes that Marquise Brown used to take, the what do you call it, shovel passes um, mm-hmm. that, that Marquise Brown used to take that really are, are run plays, effect, an extension of the run game on an end around, but but their uh, their passes. Uh, his speed is near the top of the wide receiver class, uh, 442. Uh, certainly it's a, it's a very tight pack this year. There aren't any four. 23 or 427 guys. There's no John Ross out there who's going to disappoint you at the next level, despite <laughs> great speed. Uh, so you don't really have that that one guy who's uh, who's such an incredible standout. You have a lot of guys who are who are tightly grouped. What I saw in, in Flowers' game, also I liked was a lot of coming back for the football and then being able to make a move off that to make people miss, and and that ended up being some some decent yak. Uh, Marquise Brown had that as a characteristic in his game, never, never became a really great yak player in part. He was kind of dealing with some injuries was a guy who went down to the turf more often and quicker than most of the bigger receivers, tight ends, whatnot that we've seen the Ravens have in recent years. And, uh, you know, that would, would go to small steps and really fighting for every additional, uh, fraction of a yard. But, uh, Zay flowers is a guy who will, who will try and make a big play. He's the he's the guy you 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 you're immediately pissed because he goes back four yards on a punt return to try and make a big play, and you no 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 yes you know kind of thing, and and he uh, he all of a sudden gets free. So uh, punt return background in his case, he has absolutely no fear of punt return rules from what I saw. He fielded one punt versus Rutgers at the two yard line, returned at thirty eight yards, but then there was a flag on the play for for roughing the kicker. Didn't have anything to do with the return. So it wasn't a holding or a block in the back or something, but they'd already roughed the kicker and it and it uh, uh, hit it uh, got all pulled back. Uh, 
to field a punt at the two yard line, you know, Madden used to say always that his rule with the with Oakland was if you were inside the eight yard line, it was an automatically you, you you can wait for the fair catch, but you get away from the football and allow it to try and bounce into the end zone. That that's where his risk return kind of went to nothing. Anybody who's who's willing to receive a punt at that point will will hear it from their coach about what just happened. So that uh, that was an interesting thing. They, they're famously in a game a few years ago. I, I I'm trying to remember who the guy was. Might have been Jermaine Lewis who returned a punt out of the end zone, and it was just one of the one of the really <laughs> strange things. But other guys in Ravens history, Benny Thompson once picked up one that was like rolling dead and everybody kind of just walking off the field. He just picked it up while it was still moving and ran for about 40 yards right. return. But, but, uh, but it's really unusual to field a punt in the end zone and try and make a return out of that. And uh, uh, that's one of the things is definitely a moxie play from flowers definitely needs to use the fact, like we mentioned with one other player earlier, that he's a much better athlete than the guy opposite him to sell a move, understand that he sold it, make his move off that move and make it be well-timed to get the maximum possible separation. And he's playing very well. He's a productive receiver doing what he's doing. But if you're looking for where's the where's the new plus coming out of his game at the NFL level, or how's he going to not lose from his college game, maybe another better way to put it is by becoming a better salesman at the top of the route, in, in my opinion. So Zay Flowers, my number three guy also. Good. We, I think we got we, the same number two guy because we both eliminated our number ones on, on number four. That's true. Um I will say the other thing that's odd, I believe I don't have any touchdowns from him in the in the games that I watched, which is, you know, a three game sample size. You you'd like to see you'd like to see some scoring. Um yeah. but that's but that's okay. He has a he has a um his touchdowns career twenty nine as a receiver, two as a rusher. And those are from scrimmage, and he did not have a punt return touchdown. He just had some, a few minimal punt returns, honestly. Uh, but uh, definitely, if you missed a touchdown, you did a pretty good job. He's played a lot of college games, played 48 college games in four seasons. Not too many people in the receiving class have that kind of experience. And uh, 29 touchdowns, so he's definitely been productive. Absolutely. Um, next up is our last guy. I believe he's going to be there. Um, number two, Jordan Addison. Mm-hmm. Um, from USC, he also played at Pittsburgh. Um, you know, he is a route running clinic. You know that, that he he puts on a clinic at least. Um, I, I think he has some of the most versatility in the class to be inside outside. Definitely can be an outside receiver, also a slot guy. Um, fits, you know, a Ravens need in my opinion. He's He's a smaller frame, which you don't love, um, especially his weight is, um, you know, uncharacteristically low for for his length. Um, but, yeah, let, let's get into a little bit more of, of who he is as a player. Uh, really good at in-breaking routes. Um, decent on some screens. He has he has some yards after the catch, run after catch skills, um, but he's not going to win too many contested catch opportunities um, at the next level with his frame, uh, weight, and mass. In my opinion, I, I think where he's primarily going to win is the separation that he creates from his route running. 
Um, and, and that's a, that's a good thing. You don't really want to have contested catches. You just want a guy to be open, and he does that extremely well. Um, he's not going to be a very good blocker for you either. Um, a lot of Ravens fans are tired of hearing, you know, we want wide receivers that can block. They they really just want to see a receiver catch the ball and and do what receivers primarily do. But um, in today's NFL, you want guys that that can help the players around them when there's a when there's a play happening, a big play. And Jordan Addison can develop into that. But from what I've seen, he's not the best blocker down the field. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he's a a good post route kind of guy. Um, nice, like like I mentioned, those crossing routes from the outside or from the slot are going to be some of his bread and butter. The only issue with over the middle is you're going to get more contact, and with that size, you just don't want to see injuries occur um, because of his frame. He also can be a um, you know, a big winner on, on corner routes. So that's outbreaking. Don't have to worry about that. And I think he can sell vertically. He has enough speed. He did not test as well as people hoped, especially with that weight concern. I think he was four, four, nine. That's right. Um, but that, that's, that's all the speed you need. Most, most of the top receivers in the game, you know, outside of Tyree kill Jalen Waddle aren't really speed merchants. They're, they're more in that, that four, 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 five, five kind of range somewhere in there. So uh, he fits that mold. He also is similar to what you mentioned with Rashad Bateman, kind of that middle level size receiver that can run the full route tree. Um, I think that's what you see with Jordan Addison as well. Um, let's see anything else that I, sh- he has very nice hands, uh, plucky hands. I, I mentioned that about, a couple players, but definitely Josh Downs. I think you see some of that with Jordan Addison as well. Um, and he he does win deep. He does win deep for for his speed. He he wins down the field, um, especially when he can stack uh, corners and, and you know really get on top of them uh, with with his separation. Oh, lots to say. Uh, uh, great stuff. Um, won the Blentnikoff in, in 2021. So that he had a fantastic year. 25 touchdowns the last two seasons. Um, here's the big thing. He was over 11 yards per target on each of the last two seasons, and he's 11.07 over the combination of the two seasons. It doesn't get any more uh, consistent than that. And to put that in, in the frame that people can understand, because I know yards per target are not what people are. What do you mean? Why, why not what yards per reception? Well, yards per target is it takes is your catch rate, is percentage of catches you get times the yards per reception you get. And it's the most important statistic, as I'll say again, for a wide receiver. Mark Andrews is the Ravens record holder ever for a single season with 11.04 in his rookie year. That kind of number is very hard to maintain once you become the guy for a team, because you tend to get a lot of other schemed production to get important first downs. They trust your hands on a little flat route to get open. They trust your hand on slants to get open. They'll do some wide receiver screens to you. All kinds of things, you know, may come up that will actually cut into your uh, productivity when you're, when you're not running deep as, as much, but anyway, yards per target is still the most important characteristic by far. And Addison has it in spades. 
Um, his targets were cut in half in 22. That was with three fewer games played and a lot more on the outside. So he played a lot more slot in 21 where he's super uh, with a lot more targets for the same basic production per target. Um, and so when he, when he moved more to the outside, I'd say, I think it would be fair to say that he lost some productivity uh, out of that. Uh, some of that could also be blamed on scheme and the quarterback and whatnot, but I, we're, we're going to stick with Addison taking responsibility for it himself because he was the Boletnikov guy in, in 21. What he has that, that just is above most of the other players in the class is the wiggle at the top of the route um, that is really special. And it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the killer combination of route salesmanship with running the entire route tree. So if you're, let's, let's take this for example. If you're, if you're a vertical receiver primarily, you better have one other thing, dig, hitch, something else that is the go-to route for when you sell deep and you want to come back on the football for a 10-yard gain. Uh, you better have that in your toolkit. Derek Mason. If you look back at him, the reason he could still get on top of a cornerback occasionally was the fact that he was a, had a great hitch, hitch thing, and Flacco had a you know Nolan Ryan type arm getting the ball to the outside, not always super accurate, which is also Ryan esque, um, but but getting the ball to to the outside where the cornerback uh, did not have a chance to play it on the back shoulder, and you know if because he could sell that hitch he could still occasionally get deep when he when he needed to well addison because he runs the whole route tree and bateman to to a similar degree um you know are are very gifted route runners because they can sell something at the top of the route addison would be a great addition in that regard i think he's a guy you probably could put at z you want to keep him on the outside to take full advantage of the wiggle and the full route i don't think he's he's going to be best served playing in the slot even though his college production has been better in the slot um, than it was on the outside. So I, I'm I'm excited about Addison as a possibility. He's my number two guy overall as well. Um, I, you know, the knocks on him are exactly the knocks that are on a lot of the other receivers in this class. At 5'11", 173, it's kind of an elephant build. Uh, you know, you, you don't want that in a receiver if, if you can possibly avoid it. Uh, struggles to work through that contact occasionally at the line of scrimmage. So press coverage in the NFL where it's more of a factor – will be one problem. The other problem that will come up a lot, and, and it really will be cornerbacks of any size who will probably give him trouble on this, is if he's running a vertical route down the down the sideline, whether left or right, that he'll get pushed towards the sideline as mm-hmm. bigger NFL corners are wont to do. You know, uh, J- yep. Jimmy Smith, like Taylor, all those guys uh, would give him a lot of trouble at the NFL uh, level. So, you know, it's you're in this catch-22 of the slot takes away some of his wiggle value, but it might be the best place for him in terms of productivity. It won't be the place the Ravens want him. The Ravens will want him on the outside uh, where he can help him more, or they'll want him maybe on third down and other, other you know, 11 personnel settings where they can move him to the inside as well. So uh, we, we, we act like we know, or I'm acting, maybe I won't throw it us on you, exactly what Munkin's offense will look like. Um, and I still think they're going to want to use their tight ends because they have three good ones. But, you know, if they got to a point where they drafted a good wide receiver and all of a sudden all their guys, including Beckham, were producing because of it, I think Munkin's going to be fairly um, agnostic to using uh, 11 or 12 or perhaps even 21 personnel uh, in terms of, of getting the most value he can out of these. I just think we are probably in a situation where receivers are not going to be completely happy in this offense still because there aren't enough total touches to go around because of A, the run game, B, the fact that Lamar has a lot of 
uh, check down touches himself in the form of scrambles uh, and, and see the fact that Lamar and the Ravens tend to shorten football games with a lot of running of the football. So, you know, they're, they're a high points per drive offense and they have been when they've been successful, but um, wide receivers kind of want, well, it could be more plays per drive in total and more plays in an entire game because I want more, you know, receptions and mm-hmm. you, you can't blame them. They all get paid on that basis, you know, but, but uh, uh, you know, hopefully uh, Addison is a guy who, who could still be productive uh, with the way Monica is going to optimize this offense. Absolutely. And, and I think, I think Todd would be happy to have a first round wide receiver added, you know, and have that 11 personnel option right out the gate. Um, Yes. Right now, tight end is a strength of the team. I don't think that's going anywhere, Um, but I do think you can, you know, move between 11 and 12 personnel um, pretty, pretty seamlessly. Um, You obviously have to huddle and, Um, you know, sub guys in and out to do that. But if you have a guy that, that can play outside and inside that to pair with Odell and Bateman, especially early in the season, when hopefully everyone's healthy, that's a good situation to be in. And then the other thing is you don't draft a guy just because you think um, this is a great, this is a great package for, you know, 11 personnel. You draft a guy because, injuries happen at the position sure um no matter what you try to do um and and prepare for that so if if bateman goes down again this year if odell goes down like he has you want to have another legitimate option and weapon for lamar at the wide receiver position to take some of that um threat uh away from mark andrews or take some of that attention away from from him to, to make everybody else better. That That's just a fantastic point, Jake. And and anybody who looks at the draft as kind of a point in time thing is really failing one of the major tests. And all we have to do is look back to last year's draft in the first round. What happened? Who did the Ravens draft? They drafted a safety. Oh, they, don't, yep. they don't need a safety. They've got all these safeties. What, what about Chuck Clark? What about, you know, we just signed Marcus, Marcus Williams. Uh, why would we need another safety? Geno Stone looks pretty good. And Tony Jefferson's on the roster. Well, we see, we saw a box mm-hmm. the season went on exactly why they need Kyle Hamilton because he's one hell of a football player. And, you know, Jordan Addison, I, I, I'm confident he's going to be a good NFL player at, at kind of the minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it'd just be a question of, of whether or not I think he, he's available even at 22. What, do, what, do you, what would you put as the percentage of chance that Addison is still available at 22? Um, I would say... I would say maybe 45, 47% likelihood. Okay. So just, you're just under 50. I think that's probably pretty reasonable. Uh, it could be a year, certainly, where the first receiver isn't taken until a little later. I, I personally think Quentin Jefferson will go off the board because he has, he kind of checks a lot of the boxes, and there's always people who think they can uh, move him up. I think if you're talking about a receiver like Addison, you've either got other choices in the draft. You might like Marvin Mims more, you might mm-hmm. like somebody else. Uh, uh, who's younger, say. And Addison's, Addison is actually one of the younger guys in the draft. He's going to be 21 and a half. Uh, he won't be 22 till after this season is complete, which is, which is really good. But, uh, uh, but you, you, might, you might pick another receiver who's, who's a big body uh, instead of him. Uh, anyway, I, I, 
thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with you. Uh, so, so you're number one guy. You would really like to see JSN be the be the guy the Ravens go after. Um, absolutely. Uh, I I really like the top top five guys, top six guys. If if any of those guys land on Baltimore's roster, I'm going to be really happy. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, I would end up being happy with another guy in our top 10 or just out of the top 10 later in the draft as well. It's just those top five, top six guys for me um, move the needle in, in a way that some of those other players maybe can't right away. So one thing I forgot to do is go through our honorable mentions because we have a few of those and we probably have some some non-overlapping ones. But what we'll do is we'll just name one each and I'm not going to try and react to yours, but just a sentence or two on these guys and, and what you think they might bring to the Ravens offense. Uh, do you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? Uh, you go ahead. OK, so my first guy is is uh, Rushi Rice uh, of SMU, uh, a little bit bigger body at 61204. Uh, he had okay contested catch rate, but some drop problems, 18 deep catches, led all receivers in 22. So, uh, he was also fifth in screen catches. So we had another player that was like that 35 screen catches for 203 yards. So 5.8 yards per reception on those really cut into his overall yards per target, which was just 8.6, uh, which is okay for a draftable receiver. But anyway, Rashi Rice is on my, uh, uh, list of, uh, potential guys. Absolutely. Uh, he, he is on my list as well. Um, I really liked him as a prospect. He just, he just missed the, the cut for me. Um, my guy, uh, A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. I, I know he's kind of up and down. He, he was not the best contest, contested catch receiver, especially for his size. But um, if you go back to his 2021 tape, I think he might be a little bit more impressed than what you saw in 2022. I'm not hundred percent sure the reasoning for his decline in my opinion. Um, but he looked really nice against Clemson. You saw some plays against Andrew Booth. Uh, he got the better of him. And then also Booth is a really good player who um, kind of put some straps on him as well um, in, in that game. But I, I like his, you know, he has that X receiver to him. Like that's what he is. He lined up pretty much exclusively as left wide receiver without the tight end over there. Um, so he was, you know, lining up as the X. Um, he had nice catches on on in routes, um, deep curls over the middle. Um, yeah, some vertical stuff, but mainly um, mainly like to threaten vertically. And then uh, they, they threw a lot of curl routes. He was able to create some yards after the catch, which is nice to see in a frame that large. Um so yeah, I, he he was he was on the list for me. Couple comments about Perry before we move on, and we we need to keep it to less total commentary sure. than the than the normal. But but uh, certainly has the size. He but twenty four in October, which I didn't like. His catch rate has improved a little bit each season, but it was still only sixty two point eight percent in twenty two. Uh, very physical guy, and uh, twenty six touchdowns the last two years with nine point four yards per target is is certainly in the range where where he's good. Uh, you mentioned the contested catch raise. We don't need to go there. I think he's a project selection. I think he'd be a day three guy for the Ravens. Uh, fifth round, maybe. Maybe you get him in the fourth. He was, I think he was 14th overall for me. So he did make my honorable mention list, but he, but he wasn't at the top of it. 
I'll mention one guy, Cedric Tillman, we already talked about earlier as being, he was on your top 10. He was, he's on my project list. Tyler Scott of Cincinnati. Uh, the reason I love him is strictly a speed merchant and, and a guy who I think uh, if they need a cheap, take the lid off guy, uh, he'd be good. Now he had a 444-40 he ran either at Pro Day or at the Combine, but there's a claim of a 429-40 he's ran hmm. previously. Now I've heard a claim of a 434-40 for Lamar. I don't really believe Lamar is that fast. I think Lamar is his major thing is that he's just able to make other people miss because he reads leverage so well. Right. And honestly, when you see Lamar run, he almost never gets out of third gear. When he's running in third gear, that's his Maserati movement speed. Whereas mm-hmm. anybody else running in third gear is, you know, they completely overrun a play or they can't stop. Or right. can't, yeah. But, uh, but he can, he can do what he needs to. So anyway, I, Tyler Scott is my cheap uh, speed merchant. I like that one a lot. I, I need to still watch some of the guys in this class and he's, he's at the top of the list of who I need to watch. Um, Michael Wilson. I didn't love what I saw from him, but he, he is in my honorable mentions. Um, he's a guy couldn't make the top 10 for me at all because of injury. Um, yes. You know, just an incredible amount of bad injury luck or injury prone um, type situation for him. Uh, he just has not been on the field in any of the past three years um, consistently. Um, but he does have, he does have some qualities that are, are really nice and, I know some people that have him in their top 10 wide receivers. So I, I felt like I needed to mention him here uh, because he has some of the abilities uh, that you look for in, um, you know, in a day two, day three wide receiver. Okay. He's on my no list and it's the injuries that are the concern. Yeah. I don't know how to dra- draft a guy like that. What he'll do is he'll be a black dot on the Ravens board for an injury mm-hmm. or off field issue. And if he drops far enough, they might still take him. They did with Arthur Jones in 2010, uh, they had him black dotted. So I think it's it's possible. So it's uh, uh, it wouldn't be a guy I'd take anyway in the first two days. Yeah. You know, if he drops around five, are you is your trigger finger getting itchy with him? You know, it depends on who else is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got some other no's on the list. I'll, 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 I'll drop those right off the bat is um, I know a lot of people like this guy, but Andre Yasivish is a guy out of Princeton that I do not like. Uh, he's he's out by age, unproven competition. Somebody's going to get a good value out of him at either a UDFA or six or a seven, and they're going to really like what they have potentially, or they're going to really not like it, but they're not going to have a big gamble in, involved either way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I have not watched him yet either, but I know he showed up um, kind of in a in a big way at the Senior Bowl uh, mm-hmm. on on some more people's radar because how many. Um, how many folks do you know that are watching uh, the Ivy League schools? <laughs> uh, not that many. Um, so, yeah, he's he's an interesting one. Marvin Mims was on my honorable mention. We already talked about him. Um, another guy for me would be Parker Washington out of Penn State. Um, I think he has he has some really nice hands. One of the the better contested catch players in this class, if I remember correctly. Um, smaller frame as well maybe maybe he's like five five eleven five ten five eleven something like that um good slot option for the ravens even though it's not necessarily something they need i think he can play some z as well oh you're you're muted (laughs) thank you for catching that wouldn't be an episode of film study without an accidental muting yeah i i have him outside of my uh uh 
honorable mention. Uh, 5'10", 204. He is one of the younger receivers in the draft, and he's definitely a running back type build that'll give you yak. Uh, had a 9.4 uh, YPT for Penn State. So that's not a, a super easy environment to get a ton of, of uh, uh, yak necessarily or a, a good yards per target period. Uh, has really enormous hands, but uh, but he's just outside outside of my honorable mention. He's one of the guys I looked at and I said, I, I can't include him. But he's not a no. He is a guy that if he dropped far enough, if he's a day three, you might you might take a shot at him. Mm-hmm. I'll just mention one other. We I can't believe there's two other guys actually. I can't believe we haven't discussed. One is Rakim Jarrett of Maryland. Rakim Jarrett. Right. Um, that I I think it would be a very popular pick. First of all, if he if he came, and I think there are receiving elements that make him a very viable day three pick uh, for somebody. Certainly, uh, there probably is somebody saying they could they they could see him going in the third round. I think that's a pretty uh, pro Maryland viewpoint to have on the, on the matter, but he certainly gives you something. Another one is Xavier Hutchinson of Ohio state. Uh, sorry. I Iowa state. The thing I didn't like about Hutchinson. Um, and I'm sorry to do two at once here like this, but, um, he was a guy whose production really dropped off after Charlie Kolar left and Charlie Kolar, they fed the offense through him. Hutchinson became that guy in 2022 and, uh, had a, had a very high target number and his, his, Yards per target dropped way off from 9.5 to 7.3, which is you know a function of being the guy. Um, he had 15 missed tackles uh, in 107 receptions for a guy who's 6'2", 203, and he's getting that many receptions. That's not an acceptable missed tackle rate. So you know we see the really good guys are up at one every three receptions, and he's at one every seven and change. Uh, just not what you want, and especially out of a big guy. So I, he was a guy I, I ruled out for that. He's not a no, but he's but he's not on the on the. Uh, he'd be 16th among all my wide receivers. Gotcha. Yeah, he was somebody that I was about to get to that that I didn't get to. Um, Xavier Hutchinson for sure. All right. Anybody else you want to talk about before we call it here? Uh, no, I'm I'm good. All right. Outstanding, my friend. This is just great stuff going through this. Really appreciate all the prep you've done clearly for this, your knowledge of SEC football. And, and you know, obviously that's crisscrossed all over. These receivers who, you know, a disproportionate number come from that conference, of course. Sure. But uh, tell folks where they can talk football with you online. Yeah, I'm on Twitter um, at Real Jake Vogel, V O G E L. And I'm always happy to talk Ravens football. Georgia football, SEC football, college, um, and NFL in general. So if you see me on your timeline and, and want to chat, comment, quote, tweet me. Um, I sometimes I'm in Twitter spaces and those are fun to actually have dialogue with people. So um, definitely hit me up and we can have a conversation. Sounds good, my friend. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. They're always open. Come up with your own topic. You can also do a that one play if you want to do that. Uh, anyway, I'll get right back to you, and, uh, and we'll be recording quickly. Jake, thanks again for coming on. All the prep for this. Thank you so much, Ken. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. 
For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything for your next roofing project at Menards. Your roof is the first line of defense against the elements. Owens Corning Shingles are designed to offer long-lasting performance while providing ultimate protection. They have a limited lifetime warranty and up to a 130-mile-per-hour wind warranty. Choose from over 40 options designed to protect your home for years to come. Say big on Shingles at Menards. And don't forget to check out our weekly ad on Menards.com. Say big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.